0: Hi everybody, and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Um, Back in uh, April this year, um, I attended Is Hendoo, So, we all went off uh, to Edinburgh, and uh, I thought, uh, you know, this is going to be interesting. Hattie's pretty much game for anything. And uh, so, we all went off, I can't remember, 20 of us or so, we all went off to Edinburgh, and one of the things that, as a hen party that we were going to be doing, (laughs) I can't tell you all of it, but one of the things that we were going to be doing was a scavenger hunt, treasure hunt type thing. And when I saw that on the sort of the things that we're going to do, I'm like, oh, what? You know, that's what I used to do as a kid. It's like, oh, what? And then, but it was fabulous. It was so exciting. We were around Edinburgh. We had two hours to basically do what was on the list. So we had a group. We were split up into about five or six people. And you had to have pictures taken. Uh, All of your team and the person, obviously the person taking it, all of the team had to do things like... um, I get a picture with, uh, I don't know, another hen party or, you know, um, get a picture or, or go and do something, go and get something free or, or we had to answer questions historically on the thing. And we, all the competitiveness came out of the girls. I mean, there was some foul play. <laughs> and uh, so, but she was the hen, so she can get away with anything. <laughs> and, uh, oh, i look over in that direction yeah. too. So, <laughs> they would go around and say, if another hen party comes, don't do what they ask you to do. <laughs> uh, we had, a, you know, had to have a picture taken with a guy proposing to one of the girls and stuff like that. So, it's an enormous amount of fun. But there were two challenges that our team won. And one of those was you had to go out and you had to buy the largest thing for one pound. Okay. So we're like, hmm, okay. So we're going round, and it's pretty tense. We're, we're rushing around Edinburgh, and, and just knowing that we have a time schedule to have. We went into pound stretcher. It's because it stretches your pound. <laughs> so we went into pound stretcher, and uh, lo and behold, the most amazing miracle happened. I turned the corner in pound stretcher, and about this long, I was going to a, put a picture up, but I didn't think the rest of the team would be... Impressed with the picture, so it was a it was a, a fence about that long. You know how you get the little picketed fence type thing about that long, by about that high. And I thought that's got to be the biggest thing you can buy for a pound. And the miracle was it was reduced from 4.99 down to 99p. Wow. <laughs> Thus. We then went all around Edinburgh with this fence in our hands, (laughs) looking really stupid. And one of the other things... We actually won that one, because that was the biggest thing that we bought for one pound. But the other thing that you had to do is you had to buy as many things as possible for 50p. Again, pound stretcher. So we went into pound stretcher again, and it was like, right, what could we buy for 50p? And we saw a packet of cress seeds... Like two, uh, like two for a pound. So that's 50p, right? And so this one packet of Crest seeds have 14,000 seeds in the packet. I mean, it's a done deal, isn't it? We were talking about hundreds and thousands and talking about all these things, but 14,000 seeds for 50p, I thought, it's got to be a winner. And yes, it was a winner. And so there we were, we bought the most amount for 50p. One packet of seed, 4,000, one packet, 4,000 seeds. And I want to read this scripture to you today, because as I go through, I want you to remember about that one packet of seeds, because it's incredible throughout the word of God, how much that applies to our lives. And so I want to read to you today from Isaiah 55. I love this chapter of Isaiah, it's absolutely phenomenal, and starting at verse 6, it says, "'Seek the Lord while he may be found.'" Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than yours. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Now this is the key, key verse. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing in which I sent it. And here God is saying just as the water comes down, just as the rain comes down, just as the snow comes down and it does not return to heaven in the same way, it brings forth bud in the earth. It makes the earth bring forth a bud. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It is just like that, that once it goes out of my mouth, it does not return to me empty and fruitless. But it accomplishes the thing that it has been sent. And this is the amazing thing about the Word of God, that we don't understand sometimes how powerful the Word of God is in our lives and in in the realm around us. We don't realize that the spoken Word of God has so much power that it changes and transforms us, changes and transforms situations and circumstances. In Hebrews uh, 4 verse 12, it says, "...for the Word of God is living and powerful." And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. This is a discerner, discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It is so clear, it is so living, it is so powerful, it is able to divide and bring clarity between what say your emotions and the truth. Ever been in a situation and you don't know really what's going on, you're confused because your emotions are saying something, your situation's saying something, your soul is speaking to you, but what you need is the word of God to divide that so that you know what is right and you know what is true. And if you're in that situation today and you feel in a bit of a pickle in your mind, who's ever been in a pickle in their mind, what's going on? God, what are you doing? What's going on? But you need the word of truth. In your life, because it's living and powerful, it will continue to work. And in 1995, long time ago, uh, we went on to uh, a training school to become basically pastors. All right. So at the time, we had two children. Boaz was just a sparkle in Kevin's eye, and uh, we had two children at the time. And you know, they were they were young. They were young. Heidi and Joe were like. Five and three, yeah. And so we had uh, this real call of God to go on this school and really just believe God for our lives and hear what God was saying to us, okay? So in 1995, we went to a school in Brighton, which was about 25-mile journey, and we attended it for six months. Now, our oversight was Ashley Shamira. He said to us before, we went on the school, he said, you know, just lay down any preconceived ideas of what you're going to do, okay? Now, we had already thought to ourselves, you know, I really think that God is, is asking us to go to Spain. You know, you've heard this story before, many of you. And like, it was like, ah, oh, this is confirmation because there were Spanish people on our course. It's like, God, you're amazing, yeah. And uh, so we got really friendly with them and stuff like that. And we just, we just knew we wanted to do whatever God wanted us to do. And so there we are. We're sitting there. We're doing what we've been told to do. We're, we're making the journey. We're dropping the kids off. I got my first gray hairs in 1995 because it was so intense. I went down to Seven Stone because it was so intense, the, just the, the pressure and the training and everything like that. But halfway through the school, Ashley stood there and he was teaching us and he said, I have seen God. God has spoken to me that Aberdeen is going to be a seedbed for the nations. And as he said that, something incredible happened on the inside. I can only explain it as an atomic bomb on the inside it was undeniable when he said the word Aberdeen it was like you know something happened like that and I'm like what what happened what happened but I kept quiet because I'm like what is this that's going on and then it wasn't until a lot later on that as we're going home one day from the school that we're just having this conversation me and Kevin and we said you know where, where do you think God is sending us well Spain was blown out the water and, you know, I said, Aberdeen? And Kevin went, whoa, <coughs> nearly crashed the car, you know. That's what God spoke into my heart as well. And it was like this word had so impacted our life. One packet, thousands of opportunities. Yeah. One packet of seeds. And now you are the very outcome and the fruit of one word. Yeah. That's how powerful the word of God is. And so we moved, we sold, we put everything in a transit van and we moved up to Aberdeen. The kids flew up, one-way ticket, and we started the church in 1996. And it never ceases to amaze me that when you get a word from God, he says, it won't return void, but it shall be accomplished in the thing that it has been sent it will work. It will bring fruit in your life. And so I, we proved God. We proved in our lives that his word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Because honestly, I was a shy hairdresser. He was a cabinet maker. Little market town. Everybody knew everybody. We'd never flown in our lives. We had small mentality, and God took us to Aberdeen. Thank you. And there have been peaks and there have been troughs. There have been hard times. There have been good times. But when you have a word over your life, it brings forth fruit. And so the key of our lives is learning to listen to what God is saying over us. And so, you know, if I was to sum up this whole Proving God series with a scripture... I would say it would be Hebrews 11, because it says in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Today, you are evidence that God spoke a word in 1995. And there is evidence in your life, whether you realize it or not, of what God has done in your life yeah. as he spoke a word. And as I unravel this today, I want you to realize that one packet has thousand possibilities, has thousands of opportunities when God is concerned. And so this uh, message is entitled, Guaranteed Harvest. Is a harvest guaranteed? Well, I sowed some seeds in my garden (laughs) a little while ago for Heidi's wedding. I told everybody all about it because, you know... A big thing. I've never done it before. And um, I would say half. No, no, maybe not. Three quarters have come through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Albeit, some even are tiny <laughs> and may not even be nearly ready for the wedding. But some, come on, are about like that. And every day I go down. Every day I go down. And I reckon on the gypsophilia there is actually even buds. So you're, you're hearable. I promise you, you were here all about it. There will be pictures all over Facebook when I get those flowers coming. I am not holding back. But, you know, the amazing thing is, is that in life, in circumstances in the world, there is no guaranteed harvest. We have fields all around us. And depending on weather, depending on situation, depending on so many things, the, the harvest is not guaranteed. But that's the amazing thing about the Word of God, is the harvest is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Because he said, my word will not return empty and fruitless. Yeah. And so in your life, we've got to change a mindset. Yeah. Because I think we actually do think that there are things in our lives that we don't get a harvest. But when it's God's word, it has to produce fruit. It has to bring a return because that's the word of God. And so I think a little shift has got to happen in our own hearts and lives. Maybe we've shifted our thinking because we got disappointed. Let's be real this morning. Maybe there's things we believe for and we're like, well, I never got a harvest of that. Well, later I'm going to tell you how it works. All right? So hold on to the seat of your pants. So in Isaiah 55, I just think it's the most amazing chapter because it's an invitation to abundant life. And, you know, at the beginning, there's that call to the sinner. There's that call of like, come to me. If you come to me, my word will perform in your life. My word will transform you and you will go from lack to fullness. You will go from poverty in your heart to abundance in your heart. I will abundantly pardon you. That's multiply and heap upon you forgiveness. I mean, that's extraordinary, isn't it? And so it's the most incredible uh, chapter of transformation, And we need to talk so much more about transformation in our lives because people want to see and hear about that transformation of where you've come to where God has taken you because it's the power of the Word. You see, in the beginning was the Word and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. But I want to say to you today that His Word is continually becoming flesh in our lives. Because he speaks the word and it becomes flesh. It manifests in our lives because it's real, living, and powerful. I want to open this up to you because I want you to now think about the fact as Jesus hung upon the cross, there he is upon the cross being crucified. He took the weight of sin. He took all of our wrongdoing. He took all of our sickness. He hung upon the cross. And these were his words. In Luke twenty-three thirty-four, it says, Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lot. At that moment, forgiveness was released. At that moment, as Jesus hung upon the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Forgiveness was released. So much so, two criminals hanging one on the left, one on the right. The one on the right says, if you're the son of God, get yourself down from there. The one on the the other side, he says, do you know who you're talking to? This man, we've done wrong. But this man, he's never done anything wrong. And he says to Jesus, Will you remember me? Will you remember me when you enter into the kingdom? And Jesus says, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Forgiveness was released. The yeah. act was released. Mm. And it was set into perpetual motion. Mm. And it continues and continues and continues Father forgive them forgiveness was released across the face of the earth yeah. across all mankind forgiveness started to be planted the seed one word yeah. millions of fruit and possibilities he then goes on in Luke in no sorry in John and Jesus said, as in John 19:30, he said, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. You see, the full work of the cross was accomplished that day. And he said, he spoke the word, it is finished. His word will not return void. Yeah. It is finished over your life he spoke the words forgiveness and freedom was set into perpetual motion (laughs) and from all those millions before all those millions are yet to come that word of forgiveness that word of freedom it is finished your sickness is finished Mm -hmm. your debt is finished Mm -hmm. your guilt is finished All those things that have robbed you are finished. He said, it is finished. My word will not return empty and fruitless. You are forgiven. You are free. And I stand to you today knowing, proving God in my life because I know what it is to be forgiven. I know what it is to have received the word, the one packet with the millions of seeds in my life. I know what is to be forgiven. Forgiveness is in perpetual motion through the decades, through eternity, because he is the beginning and he is the end, forevermore. Do you know what perpetual motion is? Perpetual motion is motion that continues indefinitely without any external source of energy, The scientists say it is impossible to achieve because of friction and other sources of energy loss. You see, to to create perpetual motion, they've tried to create machines of perpetual motion. And they can't do it because you need to create energy. And and the scientists certainly know you can't create energy. And And one of the scientists said if you created a machine that could create Perpetual motion that means it goes on and on and on forever. that means that that person would have to witness that very thing forever and ever and ever <laughs> it 's not going to happen, and so there 's this continual quest to be able to create perpetual motion, but do you know what the Word of God has perpetual mo- yeah. uh, emo- not emotion motion. <laughs> And it works, and it works, and it works in our lives. When yeah. I know what it is to, per- to forgive, be forgiven and then I can forgive, it's perpetual motion. Yeah. And so the word of God goes on and on and on forever and ever. And Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers, the fa- flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. Yeah. In Isaiah 9 verse 7 it says, Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no End. See how important it is to speak the word of God. His word goes on forever, constantly producing fruit in our lives and lives around us. So I want to present to you some of the questions that some people ask me, because you may be sitting there and thinking, well, I'm not sure I've had that in my life, okay? So these are the questions. Maybe you might be asking this morning, I have never had a word over my life. Or, how can I hear? Maybe you're asking, I've had a word spoken over my life, why has nothing come of it? Maybe you're here this morning you say, when I read the word of God, nothing happens. I don't understand. I've been there. So I'm going to take you through three things to try and encourage you and help you this morning, how powerful that word is in your life. Number one, you need to choose with an open heart to receive because God continually speaks. You see, that's the thing. In our hearts, it's amazing how we can even come to church and we're not actually really open. Just go through the motions. We're just doing church. We're like, mind is somewhere else. Our heart is somewhere else. You know, in that constant eagerness to hear from God, is what we need to keep refreshed in our hearts. A constant, open and teachable heart before God that wants to hear. We don't realise how shut down we are with God, with busyness of life, with just because we do what we do. We become numb to the things around us. We become numb to the word of God. Oh yeah, I've heard that so many times, that scripture now. All things work together for good for those who love God. Hello. You're as guilty as I am. We rattle off the scriptures and actually our heart is closed to them. And so we really need to decide to open up our heart, to listen to God, position yourself. It's why it's so good to come to church because you hear the word of God. It's so good to come to prayer meetings. It's so good to be in small groups. It's so good to just submit your heart unto God and say, I want to hear your word. You know, Samuel um, in the, in the Bible, you know, Samuel was called three times, but he didn't hear. He didn't hear it being God. He, he, only, he had to he run to uh, Eli and he said, You know, did you call me? Did you call me? And Eli says, No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And in the end, you know, he said, You know what? It's God speaking to you. To you. Say to him. Speak, your servant hears. And we need to say, speak, your servant hears. Speak, God. I want to know what you're saying. I mean, you've got throughout the whole word of God, the promises that have been laid out before us, the words that have been spoken. God speaks through men. God speaks through women. God speaks through the creation. God speaks through right in straight into our spirit man from heaven. And who wants to hear the voice of God? I know there's people before me today that are hungry and thirsty to hear and know. Be transformed by by the renewing of the mind as revelation comes and revelation comes. Psalm 19.1 says this, The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. Day after day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. He is continually speaking to us. Sometimes I think we're so panicked about situations that it's our fear that stops us from hearing God. It's our confusion that stops us hearing God. And sometimes we just need to just sit down and say, I'm listening. Just shut up. You know, if a kid is just going, can I can I have it? Can I have it? Please, can I have it? Uh, can you, that Mom, can you do it? Can you do it? Oh, please, can you do it? And it's like, I'm trying to tell you I've done it. I'm trying to tell you where it is. I'm trying to give it to you. But if, if you would just be quiet for a moment, I could give it to you. And that's how we are with God. It's like, will you please do it? Will you please come through? Will you please, 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 please? please? And, and, and in the end, it's like, come on. I've done it. You've just got to realize that I've done it. And so we really need to pray. For those of you who struggle with the word of God, you know, my pastor said to me, he said, ask for the spirit of revelation before you open the word of God. And I am so thankful, so thankful, because I used to read it and like, what? And I was brought up in church all my life, but I just didn't understand what those words were saying. And as soon as I said, let the spirit of revelation come. I understood. And so when you open up your Bible, don't just open it and go, let's see what happens. Ask. Remain earnest. Keen to listen. Don't let familiarity shut you down. Stay intrigued and stay teachable. The second thing is understand the germination process. In John twelve twenty four, it says this, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Now, the thing is, we've had words over our life, haven't we? They were like, God, what? that was a long time ago. That was something that I just... Nothing's really happened, you know? And, you know, there is a germination process, but that germination process, just like my seedlings, if I don't water them... If I don't feed them, if I don't pull out the weeds around them, they will get choked. Oh, and there's more weeds than seedlings, by the way. And if I don't take care of that germination process, if I had just planted a seed and not taken any care over it, they probably would not come up. In fact, guaranteed they wouldn't have come up. Unlike martyr's sweet peas that just came up. (laughs) He's got the green fingers. Actually, you're praying. That's right. You're getting down my garden and praying. First thing, Monday morning. And you know what? But it's, it, we're waiting for God sometimes, aren't we? It's like you spoke this promise over my life. And we're waiting for God to come through on what he spoke, right? But he's waiting for us because his word does not return void. And so he's waiting for the condition of our heart to become right. He's waiting for the maturity of our soul. He's waiting for us to adjust to the word, to to start to cultivate and, and tear out the weeds and, and feed and, and, and water those things and really believe it. If we, if we had received the word Aberdeen and done nothing about it, there was such an adjustment that had to go on in the heart. There was such an adjustment that we could have just not done it. We could have decided that fear was going to stop us. And fear is such a big factor in our lives that we know God's asking us to do something. We know he's speaking deep on the inside, but we're frightened to actually take that step. And we could have just done that. I mean, even in the the forgiveness process, you know, you can stop short and you can say, well, I've been forgiven, but I'm not forgiven. How is that seed ever going to grow up in your life? How are you going to bear fruit? Because he says, I've forgiven you, so forgive one another. And so you can see how the conditions of our heart, you know, if I hadn't watered and if I hadn't fed and I hadn't done those things, it could actually be a whole year before those seeds come back up. And so God is waiting for us sometimes to get this bit right and then he can do what he needs to do. There is always a process. Even revelation has a process. You see sometimes how you get revelation and then you're like, whoa, that's impacted me. And then, like a week later, you think, what was that revelation? And you were so impacted at the time, but then you're struggling. It's like this thing that you're kind of like, I knew I got it. I knew I got it somehow. Because revelation needs a process. Mm -hmm. Revelation needs you to apply. Revelation needs a follow-through and a working through. And so the Word of God in your life needs a working through. It needs a process. It needs a stepping out. You know, there was a point in my life where, again, Ashley Shamir has had a lot of impact in my life. He spoke over my life. He said, Cheryl, now remember I was shy. He says, you are going to preach. Great. <laughs> Not only are you going to preach, you're going to preach in places you've never been or never heard of before, towns that you've never seen. I'm like, oh, no. Ever received a word that you think, oh, no, should. Sure, sure. And I wrestled with this. Oh, I cannot tell you how much I struggled with this word because like standing before you today is a miracle. And I struggled and I struggled with this word and I actually had a choice. And you've got words over your life that you still, you've got a choice of what to do about and I argued with the God for quite a while about this preaching business. And so I knew that I just had to submit my heart. So I'm like, God, show me. God, show me. And he took me to Esther 4, and it was that scripture where <laughs> if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come to the Jews from elsewhere, who knows that you were born for such a time as this. And I'm like, okay, wow. Well, I laid on the floor with a Bible over my head. I'm like, please let this soak in. <laughs> <laughs> and I just lay in I'm, like, I'm not moving until this soaks in. So what you're saying, God, is that if I don't do this, because your word is spoken and it will not return void. So basically, when the word is spoken, if I had not taken it, God would use someone else. Because his word can't, Return empty and fruitless so friend if you it's a bit harsh but if you don't take it up he'll give it to somebody else so I had to make a decision however much it hurt on the inside because it's everything I'm not I had to make a decision do you know what I'm going to obey this I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it because I actually don't want somebody else doing it when I know that I should be doing it and that I'm trusted with it and so not long after that, I got a phone call. I was in the kitchen in 4V in, um, Lane, and it was one of the pastors, and she said, Cheryl, I've been really thinking, and, I, and I, I really believe God wants you to do the ladies' conference down in Barnstable. And I'm on the phone, I'm leaning up against the washing machine, and I slid <laughs> down onto the floor. And I'm like, okay. And that was my first ever invitation to speak and I had to do three messages so baptism of fire for me but you can see what I'm saying today that God has spoken things over your life there is the germination process it's probably not going to happen straight away understand that 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 you've got to change the conditions of your heart for it to come forth but also understand you've got to make a choice and a decision to obey the word of God and step out because his word will not return void. All right? So really quickly, just closing up on the third thing, don't limit the potential. Because we always think we know how God's going to do it, right? So, uh, you know, like God's going to send us out, so it's going to be Spain. Because that's warm, that's sunny, there's lots of cute Spanish kids and and stuff like that. So, you know, it's cool. I'm, I'm cool with that. And uh, so we we actually, we fill in the blanks because it's really hard not to fill in the blanks, right? Because God gives you a word, but somehow you've got to, what's that going to look like? What's that going to feel like? And so we start adding the human element to how God's going to do it. So what we need to do is remain flexible within our hearts. What we need to do is say that, you know what, God, I think it's going to go this way, but I'm totally open to it looking completely different. And we've got to be open to it being different, looking different, and feeling different to what we think or thought that it was going to be, because it will be much more than what we thought or imagined it was going to be, because that's how God works. And so, as it said in Isaiah, it says, my, for my thoughts, Isaiah 8, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, all right, nor are your ways hope someone's not falling down the stairs. (laughs) Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. So that's why we've got to remain teachable and flexible in the whole process. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. All right? So what we need to do is constantly adjust and constantly submit under the Lordship of Christ. Because as he speaks that one word, that one packet, who knows what the possibilities would be? This stands before you, a shy girl from a small town, and I have preached in Egypt, I've preached in the Ukraine, I've preached in Bulgaria, I've preached up and down the country, and it's nothing short of a miracle. That's the power of the Word of God that transforms. And it might not be that you're going to preach all over the world, but God is speaking something into your heart he has the plan over your life and so whether it be the word of God whether it comes from something you see something you hear listen out for God because his ways are better than your ways his thoughts are better than your thoughts so I really want to encourage you because you were born for such a time as this just as Esther's if Esther had not taken that decision to do what she did she would not have seen her nation saved And so, what lies in your heart? One packet, 14,000 seeds. What word is God speaking over your life today, or maybe a bit, a few years ago? Or maybe something he will speak anew tomorrow? But I guarantee that one word is even more than what you ever thought or imagined. It will bear fruit, it will not return void, but it shall be accomplished in the thing that it has been sent. Amen? Amen. Be encouraged this morning. I really want you to be encouraged, especially if there are things over your life that you've just not seen the breakthrough. Just get busy with sorting your heart out, sorting your life out, and being available to God. Amen?